Warning. The program you're about to hear is absolutely filthy and thoroughly disgusting. Furthermore, listening to it will immediately turn you into a bottom. Bottom. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Watch me shove this beer can up my ass. I'm proud to declare the Adam Sank Show and his ass open to the wind. Ass open to the wind. This is fuckery. <laughs> this is all fuckery. Fuckery, fuckery, fuckery. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... Give a warm round of applause to my friend and yours, Adam Sank. Hi, everyone. It's me, Adam Sank, and welcome to The Adam Sank Show. We're not live, but it's a brand new episode if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, April 23rd in the year 2022 at dnrstudios.com and the DNR Cast app, which remain the only places you can hear this thing live and throughout the week that they first air. If you listen elsewhere, leave us your ratings and reviews. The reviews have been pouring in, and I could not be happier. It really means more to me than anything on this earth at this point. I live for my reviews. Um, it allows more people to find us. It increases our rankings. So uh, take a minute out of your day and uh, let us know what you think of the show. You can also email me your dick pics uh, at adamandadamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. Download the comedy albums. Get your official ass merch at adamsank.com. Call the ass hotline whenever you want. Leave us a voicemail. Even when we're not on the air, it's 804-TALK-ASS. Get vaccinated and boosted and stand with Ukraine. Our guest today... I'm going to laugh every time I say his name. Our guest today is Milking Coach from BaitWorld.com. He is a masturbation coach. I didn't know there was such a thing. Um, basically, he jerks guys off a lot. Uh, that's his thing. He does a very good job of it. And uh, he is going to be the the host or maybe one of the stars. I'm not really sure what his role is going to be, but he's on a uh, a new <laughs> reality competition called the great bait world bait off on baitworld.com uh in which six men will be competing to determine who will be the world's top masturbator <laughs> i didn't know that that uh that was a competitive sport but apparently it is so we'll be talking to milking coach later on but first it's uh my pleasure to introduce a man who never masturbates in public chubby chorizo steve cesaro hello everybody Excuse me, let me uh, get my hands out of my pants. I was getting well, ready after for that the Johnny McGovern coach. interview. I oh felt like you were going to start jerking off. Whispering into my ear, just like this. Hey, boy. He's a really hot, hot voice, I have to say. And hearing about the enormous yeah. dick makes me very intrigued. My reaction was, yes, daddy. I know, you got very, like, coquettish. <laughs> I am coquette. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> C-O-Q-U-E-T-T. It's a French word that means like a... a Sort of a blushing, bashful girl. Oh. Like an ingenue is a coquette. You know, I've always wanted to be a little ingenue, especially on Broadway or in the arms of Johnny McGovern or the milking coach. I see you more as cockish than coquettish. This is also true. <laughs> Mostly because my mouth is full. <laughs> also joining us is the queen of fuckery, uh, JB Bercy. Hello. Hello, JB. We, listen, I want to recognize ah. you. We successfully used Clean Feed last episode. Yes. And you hear how great it sounds. Yes. So let's keep doing that. Whatever okay. you did, just keep doing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud. Where's my fanfare? Oh. <laughs> okay, so what the plan is, I think I'm going to send them the invite early. And then if they don't join it, I'm just going to call them and walk them through yes! what happened. This is what I'm saying. Um, okay. That's that's exactly what you need to be doing, and then we'll never have a problem again. <laughs> and if it, they really can't connect, then we got them on the phone. Yeah, win win. Okay, twenty twenty two. I knew it would birthday. only take thirty episodes to solve that problem. Ah! Ooh, that was shade. <laughs> so much shade. So much. So since we do have milking coach on, um, <laughs> first I thought his name was Coach, and then I found out it was Milking Coach. Um, I keep thinking of like, for some reason, like a midwife, but that's it's something else entirely. Um, I thought I would start by asking everyone in the room, how many times a week do you normally jerk off? You know, I actually, I, this sort of goes to my porn thing is I don't because I like sex so much better. Right. You don't need to jerk off because you have sex every day. Yeah. You have a husband. I have a lot of sex. And you have, you have open play. You like, so yeah. you get more dick than I do any year. <laughs> See, sometimes I'm so lazy that I know I could get sex if I really went uh -huh. after it, but I'd rather just jerk off. 
You know, as I get older, I'm realizing sometimes I'm just like on the couch watching Anna Delphi and reruns and people are like, you want to come over? In my younger years, I would have been like, yeah. And I'm just like, I have to get up. Right. It is okay to say no to to some. You don't have to say yes to every sexual possibility. You guys have become me because I've been doing that for years. (laughs) So how often do you jerk off, Jamie? I I barely do that anymore. Like, there's no sexual appetite in this girl. Really? Really. She gets your testosterone checked. We're going to be doing a story later in this hour about weed and its effect on on sex and, and horniness. Does weed not make you horny? I mean, not anymore. Like. Since I've been celibate and thing, yeah, sometimes I used to get horny. It makes me crazy horny. But no, not anymore. I just focus on what I'm doing at the moment. So do you jerk off less than once a week? Pretty much, yeah. Less than once a month? That's really bad for you. No, I, it's not. I, it's really bad for your prostate, isn't it? Well, there's some debate about that. Yeah. But but I, mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, people say it's actually good for you to not be watching porn and The last time I jerked off, it snowed. Wow. Yeah. That's how much interesting. And so <laughs> yeah. your sheets must be so clean. <clears throat> it would be, but I'm a fat bitch and I sweat. So <laughs> <laughs> turn on the AC. Uh, well, I, with me, it really varies by week. I can yeah. easily go for a whole week without it. And then wow. some weeks it's every day. It, it, I go, my sexual cravings come and go, but it's very much connected to whether I'm stoned or not. The, the less I smoke pot, and I'm trying to only do that like once or twice a week now, um, the less I jerk off. Um, but we will be talking to Milking Coach about the ins and outs of masturbation, what his favorite techniques are, and so forth. Um, but I want to start with a list, because you know I love a list, and it's been a while since we've done one. This was a tweet, a series of tweets, a thread, if you will, that uh, my friend Michael Suchman, one of the vegan Moe's, sent me, and it's Mind Hacks for Gen Xers. Now, there are a lot of things about this that I like, but most importantly, it's about me. <laughs> I'm a Gen Xer. Uh, Generation Xer, those born 1965 through 1980. Yeah. Um, Steve, what are you? Are you a millennial? I, um, I'm that weird in between. I'm 85. So you are a millennial. Isn't that's- there a between, though? Like there's there's like a small it's like the eighty two to like eighty seven. According to my sources, millennials are eighty one through ninety six. I am a millennial. And JB, are you? <laughs> no, I'm a millennial. Oh, you're both millennials. Yeah, ninety three. So this guy Michael Girdley is on Twitter, and he's like an entrepreneur and successful businessman. And he gives kind of business advice to people. Some of it's very HR related, so this will be good for you, Steve. Yeah. Um, Steve works in HR during yeah. during the day when he's not podcasting or having sex. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes all at the same time. Uh, So Michael posted this thing, and it's basically how to deal with Gen Xers in a way that will make them happy. So in work situations primarily, but I think this is important that the two of you know this because nine out of the 10 things he listed are 100% spot on for me. There's only one that I don't identify with. So you pray about shadows. This is what you should do to make me happy and other people my age. Um, Okay, number one. Motivate Gen Xers with two phrases, do it your way and don't sweat the rules. Many Gen X grew up in divorced, single-parent homes, so we were forced to be self-reliant and unsupervised early on. We want independence to get it done our way. I did not grow up in a single-family home, but I definitely was left on my own from a very early age. So, yes, I like independence. I don't like when a boss tries to micromanage me. Or when coworkers are like, how's this project going? Have you done this? Have you done that? I'm like, I'll do it. It's all going to get done. Um, this is important. Send your Generation X colleagues well-written emails. <laughs> Gen X. <laughs> yes. Gen X grew up with email. But before SMS or apps, our teachers stressed correct writing too. Poor grammar drives Gen X nuts. <laughs> Number three, this is even more important than number two, acknowledge Gen X's emails quickly. (laughs) They will love you. Gen X wants to know who is responsible at all times. They grew up in institutions that weren't to be trusted. So when I email you, email me back. Tell me you got my email and that you understand. I feel like you wrote this list yourself under the guise of... I know. I was blown away. (laughs) Okay. 
Focus with Gen X on mission and results, not seniority, effort, or hours worked. You'll often hear Gen Xers say, if someone gets the job done in half the time, that's fine. I, totally, 100%. Mm. I am task-oriented. I don't care how the sausage gets made. I just want it made. Um, allow This is huge for me. Allow Gen X a balanced life. Gen X grew up with workaholic baby boomer parents. Seeing that, Gen X thinks that work is part of life, but not the way they live. 100%. The, the blessing of coronavirus for me has been that I get to work from home uh, during my day job. And it has made my life so much better. I still do just as much work as I did before, if not more. Yeah. But I also have more time to like walk my dog, go up to the roof for a half hour, get some sun, you know, walk to the grocery store in the middle of the day and get lunch. Uh, it, a balance is, is crucial to me. Bond with – now this one – I'm not sure I 100% agree with this, but it says bond with Gen X as an individual, not part of a tribe like millennials or an institution like boomers. Institutions from government to marriage showed Gen Xers that they couldn't be trusted during our youth. So we don't – in other words, we don't like to be identified as Gen Xers. Just we like to be dealt with as individuals. Uh, number seven, be direct with Gen X. Give them data. Gen X says, tell me how it is and cuts out the fluff. Now, for generations like millennials, this is hard. According to Girdley, millennials want the shit sandwich for feedback. Do you guys know what that means? No. Yeah, that means they want they don't want the, they want no compliments, no sugar. Just tell me what's wrong, and I'll fix it. Uh, no, the opposite. Oh, I, had to, I had to look this up in Urban Dictionary. A shit sandwich is a method of delivering bad news, advice, or criticism in a palatable, easier to take way. So it's shit. With, with something delicious compliment. on either side uh, yeah. of it. It's a shit sandwich. <laughs> with cop in between. Okay, yeah. Whereas no. we just want the shit. Just tell us. You did it wrong. This isn't right. Do it this way. No, there's no need to, to sugarcoat it. Um, acknowledge that Gen X exists. Now, this was a surprise to me. Gen X feels forgotten. We are only 20% of the population. Do you feel forgotten? I don't. I never really thought about it, but I guess this explains why I was single for ten years. There's not a lot of us. You know what I have to tell you? Even when the dark comes crashing, <laughs> sing it, Steve. <laughs> you will be pound, pounded. According to the U.S. Census, millennials make up the largest population group in the U.S., followed by baby boomers, then Gen Z. Than Gen X. And I don't know why that is. I don't know what explains those demographics, but we are an endangered species. Uh, Y'all are wait, very okay, needy. Can, can I get the, uh, <laughs> the largest to smallest groups again? So the largest is you guys, millennials. Oh, wait. I just flipped the wrong page here. Um, after millennials comes baby boomers, which is 46 to 64. Gen Z, which is 97 to 2012. And then us, Gen X, uh, sixty-five to eighty. Okay, so I okay, so I understand why millennials are the biggest because these are like after I want like after crises, the population booms. Crises, 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 crises. <laughs> crises. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Grammar, yes. Okay, crises, crises. It's spelled like crisis, except it's es instead e of i. Okay, crises. That if I get stuck on this all day, okay. So anyway, the point is, after something big happens, there's usually uptick in a birth, or because people are happy that live that their lives are living right. So you know, I can expect a piece of me say after the coronavirus, I feel like there's going to be more children, maybe. Like, or after this was going to be more children. But there's what was the uptick. what was the crises before millennials started being born? Um, okay. I don't know. I wasn't born then. I mean, you would, think that, you would think it would be um, after 9-11, there would have been a huge boom. Yeah, which technically it'd still be in the gap, but... That would be Gen Z, oh, 1997 yeah. to 2012. Anyway, we're the smallest group. Um, ex this one I do not identify with. Expect Gen X to be pessimistic. Boomers and millennials both grew up during ages of abundance. Gen X is the first generation not to do as well fin financially as their parents or their own kids did. It is true that I have not done as well as my parents financially, but that's only because I chose not to work in like money-making professions. I could have done as well or better than they. Than they if I had stayed in TV, I'd probably be a network president by now. I just fucking hated it, and I didn't want to do it. 
Um, but I'm not, I don't think I'm a pessimistic person. I think I'm actually ridiculously optimistic, optimistic for a 51-year-old. Um, expect Gen X to want work-life situation separation. That's basically the same as the, having the balance. Um, expect us to be friendly, but not friends with our coworkers. <laughs> Unlike recent generations who bring their personal life to work. Steve, are you friends with people in your office? Oh, yeah. My, even my boss, who she's mid-50s. We... We talk about sex, we talk about drugs, we talk about everything. I'm not friends with anyone in my office. Really? I love some of them. I love yeah. Matt, who's like my immediate supervisor. He's a terrific guy. But I wouldn't call us friends. Like, he's my boss. You know what? I take half of it back. Like, we talk about everything, but we don't go out and have drinks or cocktails after work. Like, that's not the friendship that we have. Right. I did that in my 20s. <clears throat> like, in my 20s, my coworkers very much were my friends. But yeah. not anymore. Yeah. Um, you guys are my friends, though. Lies, but thank you. Thank I appreciate you. that. <laughs> Shut up, cunt. <laughs> anyway, now you guys know how to make me happy, and I expect for you to do so. Thank you. Yes, Steven, get on this. Send back those emails. <clears throat> I would have to say that list makes you seem very needy. Also, am I blowing out my mic because it's rattling in my ears? I'm just making sure I'm not blowing it you out. You can turn your no, volume yeah. down. Uh, it's probably oh, okay. your volume. Oh, okay, but... cool. Um, you know how to do that? Yeah, I was knob. turning it down. Play with your knob, Steve. I love playing with my knob. Milking coach. <laughs> Help me play with my knob. Um, <laughs> so it just makes you sound so needy, but I don't see you as a needy person. I don't think it's needy. I think it's it's about expectations. Like I expect when I email someone that they're going to email me back. Why are you yelling at me? I'm yelling. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, here's a health. Here's an important health warning to all of our gay and bisexual male listeners. The CDC is warning uh, those of you, particularly in Florida, to get vaccinated against meningococcal disease. Uh, meningitis is yeah. a, a form of that, but it's not just meningitis. There are other things you can get from the meningococcal uh, virus. The CDC has issued a health alert uh, because of an outbreak in Florida, um, and they're telling gay men, gay and bi men down there to get vaccinated against it, especially if they have HIV. Um, also, they recommend that gay men get a booster shot of the meningococcal vaccine if it's been more than five years since their last one. Um the outbreak is mostly affecting those who live in Florida, but also has affected some people who have traveled to Florida. I have to say, uh, one of my closest friends just got this after traveling to Florida. Oh, yeah. So um, it's real. And, and what what is the symptom? The most common symptoms are fever, headache, and a stiff neck. Sometimes this is accompanied by vomiting, photophobia, which is when your eyes are extremely sensitive oh. to light, and mental confusion. It's like JB every week. <laughs> Just kidding. There are so far only when this news article came out last week, there were only three confirmed cases in Leon County, but it's enough to be concerned. I remember about 10 years ago, this was going around yeah. New York City and there was a warning for us and I went and got my meningitis vaccine and now it turns out I got to get another one. Yeah. Doesn't our, we have the same uh, medical provider? And doesn't he do. give us like every single vaccine whenever it's our time? He does. And because there isn't a specific warning for New York yet, he probably isn't advising yeah. this, but you could always ask him and he'll give it to you. Yeah. He gives you anything you want. Also, can we talk? I, I'm really confused how gay people are fucking in Florida when they can't say gay. How are you fucking when exactly. you can't say gay? <laughs> this is all very confusing. Y'all need to get your life together. Well, because most of them are still Republican in Florida, so they have to keep their voters. Shut up, cunt! <laughs> Meanwhile, speaking of Florida, Walt Disney's trans grandniece, excuse me, great grandniece, is speaking out against that horrible "don't say gay" law. Uh, her name is Charlie Cora Disney, and she blasted the law in an LA Times interview. Uh, published last Sunday, two Sundays ago, actually. Um, she came out as trans four years ago. Um, excuse me, it's they is the pronoun they prefer. They acknowledged that being born to a famous family afforded them some privilege, but they said they spent much of their adolescence and early adulthood struggling to embrace the truth. Um, Charlie's great-grandfather, Roy O. Disney, was the older brother of Walt Disney, the two brothers co-founded the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio, which then grew into the global brand Walt Disney. Um, Charlie criticized Florida's Don't Say Gay Law, which was signed by Ron DeSantis last month and largely forbids any instruction on sexuality and gender identity in elementary school classrooms. Disney, one of Florida's largest employers, 
has inadvertently found itself at the center of a political firestorm. Um, initially, they did very little to oppose the bill, but once the bill was signed, they have since condemned it and vowed to have it repealed. Um, last week, Charlie's parents, Roy P. and Sherry Disney, vowed to match up to half a million dollars in donations to the human rights campaign. Wow. So they're very supportive of their uh, child. Disney CEO Bob Chapek and the company as a whole have come under fire from the right-wing conservative groups uh, that support this law. They're accusing Disney of attempting to indoctrinate children. Um, in their interview with the LA Times, Charlie pointed to the disproportionate rate of depression and anxiety among LGBTQ youth. Quote, then to put something like this law on top of that, they can't learn about their community and their history at school or play sports or use the bathrooms they want to use. So the public outcry against the law continues. And meanwhile, a 17-year-old Florida high school student named Will Larkins asked, again, it's they, them, there, asked their teacher if the Stonewall riots would be included in an upcoming curriculum on U.S. history of the 60s and 70s. Hmm. The teacher had no idea what Will Larkins was talking about. <laughs> so Larkins took matters into their own hands, delivering a PowerPoint presentation about Stonewall to the class and the teacher. Take a listen. So the Stonewall uprising. Essentially, people were fed up with the abuse, and Stonewall was the tipping point. There was a moment where a cop was forcing this lesbian woman into a van and knocked her, out of, knocked her over the head, and she became unconscious. And that was the moment that people started throwing objects. Uh, it started with pennies and whatever you could find, but then it became bricks from stone walls in. I don't know how accurate that is, but um, they should be applauded for at least trying to educate people about this. Larkins is the co-founder and president of their school's Queer Student Alliance. They testified against the Don't Say Gay bill at, at its final Senate hearing and organized a student walkout in protest before it passed. Um, the video is great also because Larkins uh, sort of presents as male, I would say, but is wearing like a dress and pearls for the presentation. <laughs> and they're kind of she fabulous. She looks like a teacher. She's, she's giving very teacher vibes. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. The video has gone viral with the hashtag Say Gay Anyway. And, um, you know, it's great to see a new generation of activists. I was thinking, I went to a fairly progressive high, public high school. You know, my teachers yeah. were definitely liberal. We learned nothing about Stonewall. The first yeah. time I ever heard about Stonewall was at a summer program I did when I was 16 or 17 at Wellesley College. They had a, a summer program called Exploration, where high school kids got to live in the dorms at a college and take college courses for yeah. a summer. And I took a course called movements of the 60s like social movements of the 60s and they included stonewall and i was like wow i never knew this existed yeah um actually my high school didn't even teach about Stonewall. we barely like we barely talked about like actually I went and to that's in new york city where it yeah. happened and I, I i went to high school in staten island just tells you how fucked up staten island is like we barely even touched upon the subject of slavery like yeah the only only thing we learned about slavery was abraham lincoln freed them but that's not right that's wrong and Stonewall wasn't yeah. even the first of such incidents. You had the the, the um, cafeteria. What is it called? Not Compton's cafeteria. The, the San Francisco diner with all the trans people, where they had a riot with police two years uh -huh. before Stonewall. You had the Mattachine Society. You had the Daughters of Bolitis. Right. You had One Magazine. I mean, th these things started way back in the fifties, and are never taught. Yeah, I don't think I'm kind of with with you guys. I don't think I ever. I actually don't know when I started learning about gay history because it feels like it just unfolded naturally as I, as I unfolded naturally. Um, but I never, I don't remember ever specifically thinking like, oh, this is new or interesting in high school. I didn't learn afterwards. about gay history. Not like it, I had to go to my LGBT center, my local LGBT center to learn about gay history and whatnot or anything gay. And when you erase people's history, you erase them. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way they don't teach... Uh, Jim Crow. They don't mm -hmm. teach about lynching. They don't teach the the Tulsa race massacre. These are things. Or that, that whole community that vanished overnight. Right. That no one talks about that right. they made up lake over. It. I'm just like wait. <laughs> right. So if you don't teach this, then it can happen again. 
That's the whole point. The Compton's Cafeteria Riot happened in 1966 in the Tenderloin District of San Francisco. Very few people know about this, but it uh, it was Stonewall before Stonewall, and it was um, it was a, a, a riot in response to violent and constant police harassment of drag queens and trans women. So we have a lot to learn. We have a lot to teach our kids, yeah. and I applaud uh, people like Will Larkins who are making it happen. Meanwhile, New York City has launched uh, its own billboard war in Florida over the Don't Say Gay law. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not a fan of our new mayor, Eric Adams. I think he's kind of a doofus. But what's up, JB? Okay, great. Uh, but I support this. He is wallpapering the Sunshine State with digital billboards espousing New York City's opposition to the Don't Say Gay bill. Um the billboards, which will be up for eight weeks in five major Florida markets, including Fort Lauderdale, Jackson, Orlando, Tampa, and West Palm Beach, are expected to deliver an estimated five million impressions. Um, oh my gosh. They are going to say, I think they say like, you can say gay in New York, something like that. I'm trying to figure out what what they actually say. But um, yeah, so Mayor Adams is uh, standing up for LGBTQ people. He said, this is the city of Stonewall. This is the city where we are proud to talk about how you can live in a comfortable setting and not be harassed, not be abused, not only as adults, but as young people. So I applaud him for this. Good job. That's it? That's all you want to say? <laughs> Excellent job. <laughs> Phenomenal. And finally, actually, no, we have a few more stories. So we talked about this earlier. Uh, the New York Times ran a story about a new study that asked the question, does smoking weed lead to better sex? That's someone having sex and smoking weed at the same time. Wow. Um, I say yes. I say it <laughs> It definitely improves. But a few weeks ago, the New York Times' Ask Well column highlighted cannabis treatments for women with low libido. And uh, so marijuana is the most commonly used drug that is federally illegal, although it is allowed for medical use in 37 states and recreational use in 18 states. It's only a matter of time before the federal uh, regulations are dropped. Um, but according to, 20, to a 2020 survey, nearly 18% of Americans 12 or older had used pot within the past year. Uh, JB has used it within the past hour. <laughs> um, you know, I don't do – I don't wake up doing that mornings anymore. Because no more waking more tired. Day. Yeah. I agree with that. And then uh, I wait till I go home. Mm. So, yeah. Nice. Anyway, um, they did some studies, and the bottom line is it's hard to say with any certainty whether cannabis increases desire or improves your sex life, but anecdotal evidence suggests that the right dose of cannabis can make a woman's orgasms more satisfying. There's Irene Bremis having an orgasm. Cannabis can enhance the senses and alleviate some of the symptoms that inhibit desire. Like anxiety, sleeplessness, or pain, both men and women have long reported that cannabis alters their sexual experience. In an essay back in 1971, Carl Sagan wrote that cannabis enhances the enjoyment of sex and gives an exquisite sensibility. Steve, I, you say what? I just, you know, uh, two things. One, we have a mutual friend, Matt, and he tells me he smokes pot and all he wants to do is have sex. Matt M? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Immediately afterwards. I am not good at the pot or the marijuana. I'm sleepy as it as it is. And so taking like one dose, I get super paranoid. I feel like everyone is talking about me and then I just want to go to sleep. Okay, you're smoking mm -hmm. the wrong kind of weed. I've tried many different kinds. So Are you, are you sure? Yeah. Are you... Weed can either be sativa, indica, or a hybrid. Yeah. In my personal experience, indica is no good for sex. Indica is for sleep. It just makes you kind of pass out. But Unless you're right for indica like I am. You like indica? I, yeah, I'm. I'm good with any type of weed. Like this is me going back to my when I was a whore. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Whore. I smoked indica, sativa. I was ready to go. I much prefer mm -hmm. sativa. Sativa is a up. It's a euphoric mm -hmm. high, and it makes me super horny. It makes it's my so body funny. very sensitive to touch. And having an orgasm when I'm stoned on like a high sativa weed, it's it's incredible. It's an explosion. It sounds like this. 
you know, I'm going to have to take you for because I've I've tried many times different, you know, different types of Well, you know, not everyone's a pot. pot person. And I know yeah. a lot of gay men. Uh, gay men that I know are split into two very, you know, distinct camps. Half of them say never would I smoke pot to have sex. Never. That is not a sex drug. And the other half is like, "Oh fuck yeah, I love it." <laughs> Yeah, fucking yeah, love fuck it. Yeah, yeah love Johnny it. McGovern. So, what about my fucking dick. what about edibles? Are they on the table for you or no? Say I what? hate edibles. I, for, well, I'm, I'm oh, edibles. Yeah. Um, no, because I you can't control the dose either. I exactly. Mean, yeah. Technically, you can if you, if you know how much you're. I well, so we we there's um when we used to live in Millerton, we used to go across the border. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a fun place to take people uh, to the different dispensaries. So we bought a bunch of edibles and and you know. That kind of stuff, and I kept trying, thinking maybe I'm going to find one that I like, and no, no I just don't like it. Dances. The pot is not for me. Well, it hurts eat, my feelings. To, to each his own. I will say that if I if I smoke pot every time I have sex, then it suddenly becomes hard to not smoke pot and have sex. Yeah. Do you know? Like you get used to it, and regular sober sex becomes more challenging. And I never want that, so I try not to to always make it part of my sex life, but. It really is fun. It's your security blanket. It's your it wet is. blanket. My wet blanket. It's your wet dream. <laughs> wet blanket. That's so unpleasant. So um, all that come that comes out after you smoke all that pot and jerk off with the milking coach. <laughs> exactly. Who we'll be talking to very shortly. Meanwhile, a Brazilian man had to undergo surgery, emergency surgery, after reportedly shoving a four-pound dumbbell up his ass <laughs> during an ill-advised temp at self-gratification. <laughs> A case study detailing the exercise in stupidity was published last week in the International Journal of Surgery Case Reports, which I have by my toilet at all times. The unidentified 50-year-old patient had reported to a hospital in the city of Manaus after failing to extract a 4.4-pound metal weight from his rectum for two days after inserting it there. He experienced a variety of symptoms following his sex exercise, including cramping... (laughs) Abdominal pain, nausea, and vomiting in small volume, probably because he couldn't poop. Yeah. He's pooping out his mouth. (laughs) After an initial examination failed to reveal anything, how could that have happened? Uh, (laughs) Doctors decided to scan the region with an x-ray. They discovered an eight-inch long dumbbell lodged at the intersection of the colon and the rectum like a cumbersome sex toy. Now, you have to see the picture. It's not the kind of dumbbell with like a round yeah. disc on either end and a stick in the middle. This was all the same width all the way through. So I could see... It's like a shake weight type situation. Exactly. Yeah. So I could see where you might want to shove that up your ass. But again, we've said this many times, don't put anything in your ass that doesn't have a base. Like, again, Nothing should go all the way in. That's what dildos are invented for. Like, Thank you. Listen to this. After failing to extract the object with forceps... Surgeon was forced to go in manually with their forearm. They basically had to fist oh this guy. Oh my god! This is getting so fun. They initially <laughs> kinky. They initially attempted to use tweezers to lift the weight out of the pleasure seeker who was. This is the New York Post writing. It's so funny to lift the weight out of the pleasure seeker who was sedated, but they couldn't get a grasp of it. Left with no other recourse, the team opted for manual extraction, which involved the surgeon reaching in with his forearm and yanking out the foreign body like a backed-up steer. (laughs) Thankfully, the operation was successful. The lucky fellow was discharged after three days without any complications. The The case study reports that retained, we've talked about this, retained rectal objects generally affect males between the ages of 20 and 40. Um, there has been an uptick in thrill seekers putting junk in their trunk. In March, doctors diagnosed a Tunisian woman with a urinary tract infection, only to discover that she had a shot glass lodged in her bladder. Ooh. She had reportedly used the drinking vessel as a sex toy four years ago oh my God. and get, didn't get it checked out until much later. So the moral of this story is don't do shots with your pussy. <laughs> and don't shove any weights up your ass. I just want to know, this person was so experienced that a doctor could shove his fist and forearm into his butt. He was sedated. I just can't believe he waited two days to go to the doctor. Waited, I think if something... <laughs> that if, just, if something was stuck in my ass and I couldn't get it out, I would go to the doctor immediately. immediately. Like, All right, on that note, uh, our guest today is a masturbation master. 
He's one of the stars of BaitWorld.com and OnlyFans, as well as Twitter. He will be judging the great BaitWorld Bait Off, a reality competition featuring six men competing in weekly challenges to determine the world's top masturbator. And he's renowned for his milking techniques. Take a listen to this clip. Are we listening, JB? Apparently, I'm buffering. That's what's happening right oh, now. Oh, dear. Like, this never happened before. All right. Okay. Five, four, <laughs> three, two, one. Let's just skip the clip and go right to our guest. Please welcome Milking Coach. Hey, guys. Sorry about that. We were trying to play one of your hot Twitter clips where you were jerking off a young bull and uh, JB's computer froze. But welcome to the show. You're, you're in Atlanta, correct? I am, I am, and thank you guys for having me. It's my pleasure. I am very curious as to your origin story um, <laughs> and how you evolved into a milking master. So uh, my husband and I um, were from Atlanta, but we were in L.A. for 20 years, and I was working in Hollyweird, um, which was which was interesting. Um, but I'm kind of an introvert and I'm really bad at blowing smoke up people's butts and mm-hmm. saying, Oh, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. So, um, <laughs> in between jobs in LA, I started to, um, as a full-time hobby, milk guys, um, who were predominantly straight actually, because I used Craigslist RIP, um, <laughs> I found a lot of straight guys through that uh, website, and um, it just kind of grew and grew and grew, and uh, we decided to move back to Atlanta in 17, and it just became, it became a business. Uh, One of my bulls, I I had a pretty decent following on Xtube, Mm -hmm. and one of my bulls said, you know, you ought to sell those videos. Because they're really well done. And uh, I thought, really? (laughs) People going to buy milking videos? And sure enough, they did. And it just kind of, yeah, kind of folded into a full-time business. Now, let's be clear. What is milking? How do you define milking? So milking is... (laughs) (laughs) Milking is technically... The manipulation of the penis for semen, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's it's very deliberate. Um, you know, it's uh, <laughs> yes, like that. Yep. Um, How does it differ know, from just regular jerking? Well, it's um, there's more nuance in the moves in the pressures and the speeds it's it's very different oh here's your actual clip let's let's take a listen to okay that. actually no it keeps buffering every time i move oh, fuck it, it so i'm just testing right. things drop Don't the clip me. yeah uh coach i've watched yeah. your videos and i think they're fucking hot but if i were you if i were in that position where i had this hot young bull and he was rock hard and i was jerking him off i would want to do more than just jerk mm-hmm. them off i would want to suck them i'd want to fuck them or get fucked by them you're only interested in in the the manual manipulation of the penis, correct? Correct. Yep. yep. And and that's how you are in your personal life as well. Correct. Yep. And that's how I found Bait World actually <laughs> to bring it full circle. Um, I've always gotten my best the best pleasure from um, solo uh, masturbation, and uh, about ten years ago. I thought, oh my God, I'm so weird, you know. I'm, I, but I can't be the only one who really gets off solely for masturbation. Um, and I found the word "solo sexual," which I'd never heard before. No, and me neither. World. Yeah. And so, a solo sexual is not someone who necessarily always wants to be alone. Um, correct. But they're only interested in masturbation or mutual masturbation. Yes, correct, and, and masturbation to get themselves off. Yeah. Have you ever tried other sex acts? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was raised a bottom <laughs> for many, many years. Yep. By your oh, parents? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, both bottom. my husband and I are bottom. So we always looked for others to, um, you know, fulfill our desires. 
and then it just sort of tapered off. <laughs> you know, it's um, it just wasn't as fun for me as just jerking off. Uh, well, jerking off, but also controlling others' men, other men's orgasms. See, that's what I find interesting because you identify yeah. as a bottom, and yet you're very much in control in Correct. in your milking videos. How do you account oh. for that paradox? Oh, Adam, I was the bossiest bottom you've ever met. <laughs> Believe me, I can identify. Topping from the bottom. <laughs> yes, yeah. topping from the bottom. My co-host says. Well, you know, and and. Um, I would agree with that. It, a lot of successful milkers or edgers are or were, in fact, um, sub in their other sex lives. So because they know, you know, bottoms know what to do to cock, basically. Yes. Um, and you are pleasing the, the person. You are pleasing the bull. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Well, after some long, arduous <laughs> bondage and... Um, Edging, yeah, for sure. Right, because you sometimes have them in restraints. Um, right. I noticed some of your videos do involve butt toys as well. Mm -hmm. Do you have like massive forearms? Like, are, are your arms in great shape from all this milking? <laughs> they are actually. Well, you know, I had a, uh, a wreck uh, quite a few years ago, and I had a, they had to put in a titanium plate as opposed to me wearing a cast. So technically, my right arm is bionic. Holy shit. And that's the arm you use to milk? <laughs> it is. Well, it's the predominant one, yep. Wow. And, you, and it doesn't give you any pain? No. You don't get RSI? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I'm always asked if I get uh, milking elbow, and no, no, no injury so far, knock wood. How many times a day would you say you milk? Uh, right now, it's about once a day. Just once a day? Once, one, bu one bull a day, or does that include you as well? Well, one bull a day. So tell us about this contest, the Great Bait World Bait Off. How, how are the contestants chosen, and what is your role going to be in this contest? So I've been with Bait World for 10 years as a member, and then I moved over to the staff um, about five years ago. And... Um, I've always thought that we could have more. All right. <laughs> JB, turn this off. <laughs> Go we ahead. Could, we could have some more original programming, um, you know, for entertainment, for bait fuel, that sort of thing. So uh, two years ago, I produced this show called the Baiter Training Series, which was pretty successful, is still. We just finished our fourth season. Um, and it's really about showing off different techniques and different ways that people masturbate. And building on that, I thought it would be kind of fun to have a masturbation reality competition series because that's never existed. No. Um, so I tapped into my trainers or a few of my trainers from the Bader training series. So I'd already worked with them. I knew they were reliable and good guys and hot and sexy and could, could make some great content. And um, so, yeah, I co-created this series, producing it, uh, hosting it, uh, editing it right now. <laughs> and how were the, but, um, and so were those six guys that are competing, were they trainers? Yes. So they're all experts. Yep. Well, they, they have shown off their techniques quite a bit. So they weren't uh, camera shy at all and are very open about sharing their bait. Yeah. And they'll be jerking themselves off, milking themselves, Correct. right? Okay, so Correct. what's the criteria? Yep. How do you pick a winner? So the members of Bait World uh, will be voting. Mm. Um, yep. So base, there are two levels. There's basic members and premium members. Basic members can vote once for each episode, and premium members will vote twice. Um, all six contestants are in all six episodes, so no one's really voted off. And then we're going to do a live finale uh, in June, and that's when you know the percentages, the, the votes are tallied, and we'll announce a winner uh, live. And I imagine that all of the viewers will be jerking off while they're watching this, too. So it's, it's just going to be a giant masturbation fest. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny because we, we, we really 
took out production, you know, production's done. They've already filmed all the episodes and it, they're really incredible. It's, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see the feedback after the show launches for sure. I know that speed is not your goal uh, necessarily, but what right. do you find is the fastest way to make someone come? What if, what if I'm with someone and I'm tired and I just want them to get off quickly? What should I do? Press on their prostate while you're jerking them off. Now, do you mean through the taint or, or put your hand in their butt? Both. Mm-hmm. Both. You know, what I like to do is press on both sides. So grab the taint and the prostate in one hand. And that's, you know, usually sends them to the moon pretty quickly. In other words, you're, you're kind of making a circle with your thumb and, and forefinger. Yep. Yep. Steve, exactly. do you enjoy that? Exactly. You know, I don't know. I think I'd, I'd have to see, I guess, try it out. I definitely, because uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of putting my hands in people's butts, I definitely find that putting my hand under the taint and pressing. I would say or, yes. Or that doing works. that with my head. Sometimes if you're licking oh, their yeah. balls oh. and then you just kind of put your whole head under the taint and press, like that makes them crazy, I've, I've discovered. Um, Very hot. Are you ever disappointed? <laughs> thank you. Are you ever disappointed by a guy's load, like if it's too small? Or do you not care about no, the load? I don't really care about the load. Um, quite frankly, what I love to pay attention to is their face while they're coming. Mm. I think that's the most interesting view. I love to see men... Uh, I love to see the O face. That yeah. is hot. You know, there's an Instagram account where it's just photos of guys' faces as they come. Mm-hmm. Really? I think oh. someone, in the, someone in this room may have participated. No, I have not, but You've I do not? watch. I was going to, and then I thought my husband would be mad, so I decided Yeah, uh, my former co-host, Ryan, is, uh, is one of the participants. I think it's called the O series. Let me see if yeah. I can find it right now. But it is hot. Ooh, and I, that's I ha- my kind of... Instagram account. Yeah, I've volunteered for it, but so far I have heard nothing. The back. O series, O H. The O oh, the O H series. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, you should. That's everyone awesome. should follow that. Um, does your family know what you do for a living? Or do they know about this identity you have? <laughs> Some of them do. Um, parents do not. Uh, siblings do. Uh, close friends do, some aunts and uncles, but not the parents yet that I know of, that I know of. I mean, they I think may know something and just haven't said anything. Do you have a day job or is this like your full-time gig? So it's really cool. This is actually my day, this is my full-time gig. The Milk and Coach stuff, the videos that I sell through that and the fan sites and Bait World. So all together, it's really all about Cock 24-7 for me, Adam. Nice work if you can get it. I, seriously, right? I mean, I'm, I'm living the dream. <laughs> but the thing with OnlyFans, and I always ask OnlyFans stars this when they come on the show, yeah. is, is that do you feel that pressure of having to constantly create new content? Like, oh, I haven't made a video in the past three days. I, I, I need to do that to, to keep the money rolling in. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, and I think that's why a lot of people kind of fall away from these platforms as they don't realize it is a job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, once you once you build the dragon, you need to keep feeding it. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Especially when you're competing time. with a million other people mm-hmm. who have OnlyFans accounts and, and you don't yeah. want them to cancel your subscription and, and go pay for someone else's. So it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of pressure. I almost feel like if there were yearly subscriptions <laughs> instead of monthly, it would be a little less pressure. Yeah, yeah. Well, the cool thing about the milking world is it's still pretty niche. So there are not a ton of milkers out there. There there are a few great ones who have fan sites, but not not a ton. Um, so that makes it a little easier. But yeah, uh, do you think there are a lot of people out there? Coach, do you think one of the reasons milking um, videos and and watching guys get jerked off and jerk off, do you think one of the reasons it appeals to people is because it reminds us of some of our earliest sexual experiences with other boys? You know, like the first thing most boys do together when they're young is jerk off together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the other thing, too, is, you know, I'm living out my fantasies from when I was younger. You know, I did a soccer training scene, you know, where I'm actually a coach, <laughs> uh, training, um, a soccer player. And that's been a huge fantasy of mine for decades. Did so I, did I read that you yeah, went to Catholic absolutely. school? 
No, but I did go to boarding, boarding school, school in upstate New York. Yeah, yeah. So was was that where you first discovered uh, masturbation with other boys? Um, no, I used to fool around with a cousin. Um, but when I went to boarding school, that's when I really kind of discovered my um, my knack for straight guy seduction, so to speak. Mm. Um, you know, like, bet your girlfriend can't do this. You know, right. Or um, have you ever been uh, jerked off for a longer time, you know, as opposed to a quick um, – Quick load, and that usually that was very popular with the seniors. So when you on the dorm. when you yourself watch porn just for your own pleasure, or do you watch porn? Yep. Is it just yeah. is it just milking, or do you watch all kinds of porn? Predominantly milking and edging. Um, I do have like old go tos, like some fucking scenes. I love. Um, I actually love straight gangbangs too. Hmm. Um, like but, uh, 10 straight guys and one woman? Right. Wow. Yep. My ex yeah. was into that. Not Patrick, That's another ex. <laughs> and, and so when you're jerking off a guy who's like got like a perfect dick, you never just want to put it mm-hmm. in your mouth? <laughs> I'm not really into oral. And, you know, I get that question all the time, like like many times on a daily basis. I'm just not into that. Um, now, I do love licking pre-cum from the source Mm. but no not not oral not full-on head well my regular listeners know that my motto is if it's in my hand i'm gonna suck it (laughs) i'll lick it a little well well, maybe you come down here and assist me you can take care of that i love that that next time i'm in atlanta let's do that um all right in the time remaining in the time remaining coach it's time to play everyone's Mm -hmm. favorite game ask me no questions Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. Sorry to blow out your eardrums there. Uh, <laughs> describe the perfect penis for milking. Um, well, I love a penis with uh, pubes surrounding it. That to me is perfect. I'm not really a shaved pubes guy. Mm. Um, so that's the first thing I look for is a nice bush. Interesting. I know that's not on the penis, but yeah, it's, I love that. Yeah. Do you find sometimes that it's just too big to get your hand around? Um, or do so you have I, big I hands? Did... <laughs> I don't have big hands. And I think they're, they're really plush. So you can tell I've not done any manual labor my entire life. But I think that adds to the pleasure for the penises that I work. Um, yeah. So Sorry, no, wait, no penis is too big. No penis is too big, although I will say, funny quick story, Please. in Los Angeles, I did kind of throw out my shoulder because this guy <laughs> had a really, really unusual penis. It was It's skinny and thin at the bottom, but then fat and huge at the top. I don't actually understand how he kept it erect with that proportion, but... He just would not come, and I was stroking it and stroking it and stroking it for like 45 minutes, and my shoulder just kind of dislocated itself. Yikes. So, yeah, I had to. Yeah, I that was I that give, one defeated me. I give up yeah. after 10 minutes. I'm, I'm a lazy <laughs> yeah. uh, milker. Uh, what's the best lube for jerking off either yourself or someone else? So, I actually have a couple. I have been using Albaline for the past decade. Uh, which is sold as makeup remover to women, but men have been using it as lube since the 70s. I never knew. Yes, it's wonderful. Um, and also this brand called Hot Rod, um, from, which I love. I love the title. Uh, from coxandbullocks.com. Uh, That's a wonderful... They have like what they call a cock moose in a moose can, mm. which is, yeah. So 80s. The presentation is terrific, yep. How do you style feel about <laughs> what's that, Steve? You can style the pubes while I'm exactly. exactly, exactly, Steve. <laughs> I'm trying to hit the rim shot, but JB's got the sound down. Okay, how do you feel about um, coconut oil? Because that's my favorite. So I used to use that quite a bit. However, I frequently put bulls on a rubber sheet that's on top of a bed for bondage and. 
it's not good for rubber sheets. So I, I actually ruined one in LA from coconut oil use. Oh dear. Um, but I do, I do love, I do love coconut oil. I miss using it. So I do recommend that as well. What's the weirdest thing a guy has ever yelled out as you were making him come? Well, I get all the time, you know, dear God, dear God, dear God. And I'm, I always jokingly say back, no, coach is okay. Just stick with coach. <laughs> That's funny. I'm a smart ass. They don't I'm a yell- smart ass milker. <laughs> they don't yell out like obscenities or like, remember that episode oh, of yeah. Sex in the oh, City the where Miranda's oh, yeah. da- or, uh, Charlotte's dating the guy who keeps going, you fucking bitch, you fucking whore, every time he comes. <laughs> I, I don't get that, but I do get a lot of fucks, a lot of holy shits, yeah. But never anything yeah. that made you go like, what? <laughs> um, so I did, I did milk this guy from um, Egypt, and he screamed out in his native language, which was kind of cool, you know. Would that be Arabic? Um, yeah, Arabic. And uh, you know, it took. I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, all right, that's great. I think you enjoyed <laughs> it. Yeah, that's. Describe your hottest milking experience of all time. Oh, boy. Mm. So I don't know if you know this. Sam Bridal, uh, (laughs) who is a a porn star but also really focusing on edging, he did this thing with Dr. Cum Control, who's another famous edger. um, That was my favorite go-to scene, and I finally got to milk Sam myself. We had a two-hour session that was just incredible. What's so special Um, about him? So he, his first love is being edged. So he, he and I are made for each other, you know, a bull meant for edging and a coach meant for milking. So it's like we are, it's, um, we're soul brothers that way. Like there's a deep, deep connection, Hmm. um, between you know, someone who lives for this and someone who will who lives for taking care of it. You know right. what I mean? What's the best way to get cum stains off the, the carpet? Video. Please. Mm, off the carpet? I don't milk on a carpet, <laughs> but I will say um, uh, on the floor, I do love uh, Method. The meth, they're they're the non chemical. Yes, mm-hmm. they make yeah, foaming yeah. hand soap too. Yep, method is wonderful, and it also smells good. Good to know. Now, are do yeah. you actually drink milk, or are you lactose intolerant? I do not drink milk. I'm not lactose intolerant, but I don't I don't drink dairy. Interesting. Uh, what is your favorite condiment to put on a hot dog? Relish. <laughs> Just relish. Mm hmm. <laughs> No ketchup or mustard. Interesting. Maybe a little bit of ketchup, but really relish. And which celebrity would you most like to milk? Mm. Hmm. I would say John Stamos. Oh, oh. very good answer. I, I bet think you he would small. He'd probably let you. He uh, he is not. Small, he is not though. small. He is Greek. You clearly didn't listen to any of these old ass episodes because I I remember I talked about the Gladiators. I met John Stamos in the bathroom. I saw his Stamos, and it was. I, saw I didn't Stamos. know this story. What yeah. you saw John Stamos's dick in the bathroom? Yes, we peeing next to each other. <gasps> just took a quick glimpse. Holy shit! Really? Have I not? Lucky boy, you're I lucky. I know, right? Boy. Coach is excited wow. now. Uh, so, no. so I actually worked with him in my former life in Hollywood. So I know he's a super duper nice guy and so and yeah, sexy, so sexy. Milk, yeah. Milking so. coach, um, how can people follow you online? And when is the uh, contest going to go online? So I think Twitter's the best place to find me. Twitter.com/slash/milkingcoach. Um, and my fan sites, everything is linked on Twitter. Um, the contest actually begins Friday, May 6th um, on baitworld.com. We are going to do a big kind of press push um, and uh, yeah, we're happy the to be homepage your, for it. We're happy Thank to be you. your yes. first media outlet to, uh, I know. to advertise it's, this. It's, very, it's the first time I'm talking about it. I'm so excited. We're excited for um, you and for the contest. Thank you so much for talking to us. And um, drop by anytime you're in New York. We'd like to meet you in person, and you could milk us. Same here. When you come to Atlanta, please. Thanks, Coach. Stephen JB, plug yourself. Thanks, guys. Thanks. I'm at Cup Mexi on Instagram and Steve Cesar Medina on Facebook.
I'm at Stack of Anarchy 12, only on Instagram. Thank you both so much. We're back again live next week with a special guest, TBD. Subscribe to this podcast at DNR Studios. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. I've got a lot of fun stuff on the website, including a blog you can read every week. Follow me on Twitter and Insta at Adam Sank, TikTok, Adam Sank Official. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye.